0: Howdy partners, you're listening to Conversations with Jacob, hosted by my good friend, Jacob Waller. Make sure to check out the podcasts where podcasts are available and check out the video version on YouTube. You can follow us on social media. Facebook is Conversations with Jacob. Twitter is at CWJ Podcast. And you can visit our website, Conversations with Hey, you got a show idea? Maybe a guest suggestion? Email us at Conversations with Jacob at gmail.com. Now, here’s your host, Jacob Waller on everybody and welcome back to another episode of conversations with jacob today we got a good episode which i know i say that about in every episode but you know i think all episodes are good episodes uh this week we're talking trauma abuse and you know probably so much more um but before we get to our guest this week i want to do a few podcast plugs you can find us on uh, on facebook Facebook.com dot slash conversations with Jacob on YT. That stands for YouTube. And we're on Twitter at CWJ Podcast. And uh and that's our social media platforms as right now uh which our podcasting platforms involved uh TuneIn and we're on Spotify, we're on iHeart, Pandora, um, and we're all over the place, the UK, France. Uh, some of the United States, and we're mostly listened to, and right here in Virginia, mostly Martinsville, Virginia, because that's where this podcast is based on. Uh, if you got a, uh, guest suggestion, questions, or anything like that, you could do the, uh, you could send it to our mail back, conversationswithjacob at gmail.com, and you can check out our website as well, conversationswithjacobpodcast.weebly.com. You can find upcoming guests, past guests, and so much more. And also, big thanks to Jake Thorne for the podcast intro. I can't thank him enough. Uh, the, the podcast intro is only on the audio version. Jake Thorne's a good friend of mine. He's a John Wayne performer. Uh, thanks for the intro, Jake. So uh, joining me this week, uh, his, uh, his name is uh, Sherry Buck, and we're going to talk about transforming trauma. So welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. Now, for the people that's listening and watching, can you uh, give us like a background about who you are?
1: Yes, I am currently a mindset coach specializing in trauma and abuse recovery. I I myself have been through years of severe abuse and trauma, and I transformed my life not by traditional therapy or meds, which, um, but by changing my mindset and learning tools over 30 years of studying, changing my mindset, and now live a very happy, productive life. All
0: right. now, um, now, you went through trauma and abuse. Can you uh, tell us your story?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I was born to deaf parents, and that in itself brings challenges because you become their ears and their voice at a very young age. Uh, an example of that is I interpreted their divorce at the age of five years old. And um, my mother met someone around when I was about eight years old and married him. And he, he talked my mom into selling our home that my father had left us and moved us into a very small horrible apartment and took all our money and left, Um, but not before molesting me, and that was my first experience with trauma and abuse. Um, My mother, very shortly after he left, became an abusive alcoholic, and she would beat me quite often. She'd be gone for days as well, from the age of like eight to 13. Um, And her being deaf, she had come home raped once, where I've had to go to the hospital with her and interpret the process, you know, everything that happened to her. She also at one time had to get an abortion, and I had to go interpret that at like 12 years old. she would come home drunk and very angry, I think, resenting having me. She would say, I wish I never had you. I, I just had you to save our marriage, and it didn't work. And um, But she would hit me until I would form this, like, locked jaw, you know, and start shaking, and my jaw would lock up, and she'd then get scared and take me to the hospital. And unfortunately, back then, they didn't do much about child abuse. They would wrap me in hot blankets, and as soon as I calmed down, they'd send me back home with her. So at the age of 13, my mother had committed suicide. She had stabbed herself repeatedly in the stomach and throat, and she tried to take my life that night as well. If it hadn't been for the neighbors that lived in the basement breaking in, um, I probably wouldn't be here today. So um that in itself was a lot of trauma and abuse to overcome but at the age of 13 i moved in with my father who was remarried and my stepmother would let me eat there wash my clothes there she would set a plate of food down and or i my father would set a plate of food in front of me and my stepmother would take it and throw it in the sink and go lock herself in the bedroom and he'd go chasing after her and trying to talk to her and After a while, I just told my dad, don't worry about it. I just started hanging out with friends late at night. My sister would actually, I had a half-sister that my father and my stepmother had had together years before they were even married. And um, she would leave the bedroom window unlocked for me to come home. And um, I started working at 13 for a local grocery store. Um, A man owned it and hired me to. For eight hours a day, and he'd give me ten dollars a day, so I'd go there every day after school. he'd give me ten dollars a day, and I would eat out on that ten dollars and I would save my change and do laundry at the end of the week and um he began to molest me, so he molested me for two years uh um Unfortunately, the same man who was hurting me was really my only adult friend at at the same time, so aside for those fifteen minutes that he'd take me in the back, he was actually kind to me and I guess was a means of me surviving um at fifteen, I had met someone who was twenty five years old and he told me he loved me, he was going to take care of me and take me away from all this craziness I was going through and of course. I believed him I was young and he told me that he was sterile he couldn't have children and I ended up pregnant and of course he left once I was pregnant and I had to give my son up for adoption so I I, after I'd given my son up for adoption I was just living pretty much wild at friends houses and cars I was partying I developed um, addictions I had eating disorders. I was anywhere, I was everywhere from 70 pounds to 200 pounds on the scale throughout my life. Um, so, I mean, there's an example of, of what my childhood was and wow. the trauma and abuse that has happened.
0: So, and how did you overcome the trauma and the abuse?
1: Well, overcoming it was quite a while after that. I, Had gotten a job through my cousin, um, at Sloan Bell, where I was making a lot of money. I was, uh, working for the Steelworkers Union. I became a machinist there. I had gotten my own apartment, my own car, and I was partying. I was just like acting like everything was fine, everything was good. And, um, when I met my children's father, I was about 23 years old. And he was a good guy. He was a, a someone I could trust, someone I could, like, the first genuine good guy I've ever dated. And we moved in together, and I had a nervous breakdown. I just collapsed. And I think all the years of me just partying, going through it, not thinking about just, just trudging through it, just surviving, basically, once I felt safe and I knew someone could take care of everything, I just – broke down, and it was the most terrifying time of my life. I really thought I was going to lose my mind. I didn't think I would ever be okay. Um, I didn't want to go to traditional therapists, not that I'm saying that it's wrong for people to do that. I, myself, had seen other people go through therapy, and I felt like they were talking to people who learned things out of a textbook, like how could anybody ever know what I've been through, and really tell me how to heal when they probably never you know experienced things like that and i didn't want to get on meds because i was starting to not drink and get off drugs and i just didn't want to go that route so the first book that i had after after collapsing and staying in bed for months and not not going to work not doing anything i just quit life really and um my husband at the time he really stood by my side and encouraged me and and i decided i wanted to be okay i decided i wanted to be a parent one day and i didn't want to be my mother so the first book i got my hands on it was called i think the feel good handbook and i started doing the work and started learning about um why I would be feeling the way I feel, why I was going through what I was going through. And I learned about alcoholism and what my mother was going through. And I, I just, I started learning so much and then I just started devouring book after book and, and which led me into um, meditation and energy work and um, changing my mindset. and And that's, that's a process that's pretty simple it's pretty simple process but it's not easy to do if that makes sense you know especially when you're struggling so i had um i learned how to, to train my mind and how to think and i think um one of the first exercises I did is I went back to that little girl as and and witnessed what she was going through as my mother was hitting her and which was me and I just you know hugged her and told her look I, I I love you and you're gonna be okay you're you're gonna you're strong you're I can't believe like how much you do and you know and I just encouraged her and loved her and then I thought that is me why don't I love me why and that was the first process that was the first step you yeah, know self-love which you need self-love and you need to change your mind process you um another thing that i realized is the past really doesn't exist sorry about that the past really doesn't exist unless you give it thought and that's pretty mind-blowing because I mean, it doesn't exist unless you give it thought. So why do we choose to give bad thoughts power over us when they're no longer there to hurt us? And um, so that was the beginning steps of changing my mindset. And once I got really good at that, things I started learning things about creating the life I desire, manifestations, and the laws of attraction, and and it just kept snowballing into more and more wonderful things
0: now when you was going through all of this and did you have like nightmares or, or like triggers yes.
1: oh yes i had terrible nightmares um terrible fears uh, and i'm still very very aware of my surroundings you know i'm not fearful when i go out but I feel that like I probably was a victim for so long that I, I'm always aware of my surroundings. There's things that, yeah, I still do, but yes, I had tons of nightmares and, and I don't have nightmares anymore, which is great. Right.
0: Now for uh, people that's listening or watching, how, how can they overcome trauma and abuse?
1: Well, changing your mindset is the very first step and, and, um, I, I myself had created a three month course and my course actually conditions your mind. There's weekly lessons with daily activities that help you change your mindset in the simplest form. And that in that 90 days your mindset definitely resets and shifts and then, then you can move on on your own or, or work with me to go on to you know, bigger steps of creating your own life and abundance and all these wonderful things that come from changing your mindset. Um, like again, I, it, it sounds simple and it is simple, but it's not easy. Um, taking ownership is real important. It's very powerful to take ownership and say, this is happening to me. I'm because I'm letting it. I'm not taking control. I'm no one can treat me bad as an adult, as, as a child. It's different. Unless I allow it, you know, and so taking ownership is, is probably the first step. And, you know, I go through self-love. I go through not feeling guilty. I have lessons on that. I have lessons on being childlike. That should never change. Never ever as an adult should we stop being childlike you know, and enjoying life. And that happens to a lot of us. We get caught up in the news and and all these terrible things going on that we forget to enjoy the simple things.
0: Absolutely. Now, you mentioned a 90-day course, and how can people uh, get involved with that?
1: Well, you can go onto my site, um, ShirleyBuck.com. The business name is Red Leaf Alternative Healing. But if you punch in ShirleyBuck.com, it'll take you right to my website, and um, and I also have a book coming being released. It's my life story and some of the and some of the lessons I've learned and the tools I've used. Uh, that's being released September 19th, and that's going to be called Sweet Freedom, Whispered in My Ear. All
0: right, yeah. Well, as a matter of fact, and that's going to be my next question about your butt. Um, by the way, that book, uh what you said September nineteenth, and this episode goes up on August twenty first, so it's not a it's not a long time from now from you know when this episode goes up. Uh so your book is um about what? You know, it you- is
1: my life story. Um obviously a lot more has happened in my life. I can't spit it all out in five could, minutes, yeah. you know, all the years that, that so it goes into pretty um it, it goes into detail and Everything that I've been through and um, tools that I have used and lessons I've learned from, you know, each of the uh, time frames that I go through. Each chapter at the end of each chapter talks about what I've learned from that particular um, era and, you know, what tools I use to survive Um and there you can also get on an email list on my website to be notified for the book when it does get and uh
0: where can the people buy the book when it comes out?
1: It'll be on Amazon. it'll also be online at Barnes and Noble.
0: all right there you go um I was also oh, when you was going through this trauma and abuse, and did you also go through depression?
1: Oh yeah, I had depression anxiety I had um a lot of uh I, I guess what they would call nowadays O C D where I had to like flick a light a certain amount of times or I had to um if I said a word I had to keep saying it until I said it right, like enunciated it just right. If I turned in a circle to pick something up, I couldn't just I couldn't turn around I had to turn back the other way. So yeah, I had a lot of and like I said, I've I went through addictions and um Eating disorders, yeah, I I didn't just magically, you know, become okay, you know, in the first steps of changing my mindset. it, It took me learning how to change my mindset, and then it took discipline to keep that up. And that's one of the things, when you get my course, you continue, you have that course for the rest of your life. You can always go back to it, go back to the basics, which I do from time to time. And, you know, if I'm feeling a little funky or something, I, I get back down, you know, to the basics and, you know, and um, practice and stay disciplined on it.
0: Now, can you tell us a little bit about the energy healing, you know, and what that is?
1: Well, I'm actually a, a Reiki master as well. Um, I started receiving energy work before I even understood it, I was about maybe 28, 29 years old. And whenever I would receive energy work, my hands would burn really bad. And I would see purple uh, images and, and they would, uh, the lady doing the energy work on me would say, you need to be doing energy work. You have that in you. And, you know, and then I started being trained on that, but energy work, it actually shifts your energy and, it helps you release negative energy, which when you go through trauma and abuse, you you have these, you know, blockages. And energy healing helps you release those blockages. It also helps you relax enough so that your body can heal. Um, when I first started doing Reiki, I was scared because I knew that it worked on me. But I was like, how do I explain this? How do I... um do this, and I've been um, practicing Reiki now for about 12 years, and I have some really profound experiences with my clients, and it's it's really a, a wonderful thing.
0: Is there some people who kind of doubt that?
1: Yes, I um, I even had one client who I before she even met her husband, I was always working with him uh for the past uh i think i was working with him for about three years before he met her and she kept saying he wants me to have reiki he wants me to have reiki but i'm no offense i just i just want a massage i don't i don't believe in that and i'm like that's no problem i i don't take any any offense to it and finally one day she said i can't take him nagging me i'm just going to do it Uh, it's probably not going to work because i doubt it so much and believe it or not she was the most profound experience we had and she still is getting Reiki for me to this day so it's yeah people do doubt it
0: oh, Absolutely But I do uh, really try it <laughs> Oh yeah and so and where can people find you on social media
1: I um I I have a LinkedIn uh I do have a a private Facebook community group with my business, but I do have a business page, uh, Red Red Leaf Alternative Healing on Facebook, Um, but my private community group is now built up to like 650 people, and I blog on there every so often, and uh, probably once a week, I blog on there, and and I post things, and I have people post their small wins, and Things like that. It's a pretty nice community. Um, and that's just red leaf healing. So if you're looking for the group, you can look for red leaf healing and then ask to join the group.
0: Alright. Now for people that's going through trauma and abuse, uh, you know, maybe it happens at home, you know, um, you know, like for the younger people that that goes through trauma and abuse, is it, Uh, the right thing for them to bring it up at like, you know, like to friends or maybe at school?
1: Yes. Um, Definitely. If you're younger, talk to somebody and get help, get out of the situation. It's okay to get out of the situation. Um, A lot of times we don't have the self-confidence. We're ashamed to tell people what's going on. Don't be ashamed. It's not your fault. Please, please talk to somebody and get out of it. And it's it's very important that you do it. It's not your fault, and you don't deserve to be going through it.
0: Absolutely. Well, well, I think we've reached the end of this episode. But before we go, I and mean, you got any uh, closing thoughts?
1: Um, I guess my closing thoughts are: you're not alone. Even if you've been through years of therapy and you feel like you cannot shake it. You can't get over it. You can. You absolutely can. I live a very happy life. I love my children. My children are adults. I even have grandchildren now. I live a wonderful, beautiful life. I do not let the pain of my past, you know, hurt me anymore. In fact, it's empowered me and it's inspired me to help other people. But please don't feel that it's hopeless. It's not. You just have to Learn to shift your mindset and just and stay dedicated to that.
0: Absolutely, I think that's the best closing thoughts I've heard in 24 episodes. (laughs) Thank Um,
1: you so much.
0: Of course. Anyways, I was want to thank you for coming on the podcast to talk about your story. I was I really enjoyed it. I'm sure my listeners has too.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh yeah, of course, my pleasure. All right, that would do it for conversations with Jacob. Tune in. Next week, as we talk true crime and stories, and uh, we went from trauma to abuse to crime. That never happens. But anyways, uh, thank you guys for uh, for tuning in. Check back next week, and as that will be the final episode of August. So until then, God bless, we'll catch you in the next one.